what is up, everyone? Welcome to the Gridiron Fancy Fall Podcast for Monday, May 3rd, 2021. And I'm Chip, I'm your host. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're a new listener, thank you so much for joining us as well. If you like to share our podcast, you can find us over on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music. If you'd like to watch us, you can watch us over on YouTube at Gridiron Fancy Fall. So please do me a favor, hit subscribe, support the show, uh, so you don't miss any more episodes. And on today's episode, we're going to go back to the series um, talking about how it started, how it ended for the wide receiver position. Um, but, you know, we just got finished with the draft. I did my my reaction video uh, last week on the first round. So if you want to check that out, um, I'll leave I'll leave that in the description. But, um, yeah, I mean, the draft for me was a huge success, I think. I think based on where we're at last year compared to this year, I think it was awesome to see Cleveland host the host the draft and see how it looked back to normal, you know, to what we feel like normal is. I mean, we saw the players that were supposed to be drafted in the first round be there. They're with their families. You saw Roger Goodell get hugs from like the traditional hugs from the players being drafted. It was just good to see fans there, see the players there and just feel like things are starting to come back, you know, back into some normalcy with the NFL. And I know they already stated that they they look forward to having full, um, you know, capacity be at full capacity with NFL in the stadium stadiums this year. So um, it was good to see that type of stuff take place. And and it looks like it's going to be in Las Vegas next year. So that would be a cool draft to go to. And hopefully, uh, you know, this is a stepping stone in the right direction on trying to get things back in order. But I uh, hope that your team, whatever team you you choose uh, to root for, I hope that you're able to to find some some positives from the draft. I know there were some teams out there who had had barely any draft picks, so maybe you don't feel like your team gotten better. But hopefully, with the you know the teams that got like the Trevor, you know Trevor Lawrence and like the Jets and the Jags, you know hopefully you're a fan of those teams that you have some hope, especially with the Niners with with Trey Lance being drafted there, and then you know Justin Fields going to the Chicago Bears. Like I hope that it's it's you know good for your teams going forward. There's some, some excitement there. It's not going to happen right off the bat, but hopefully, you know, these players that get drafted in the first round are players that can be a franchise, make a difference in the franchise and and be stars. But we all know that that's very high, you know, high, uh, high risk, high reward. We take quarterbacks and certain players in the first round. We always see better players coming from um, the later rounds, but we always see a little bit more of the first round bust happen, unfortunately. But you never know. You know, it, hopefully we get all the quarterbacks that got drafted will be players that we talk about for years to come, but history shows us that doesn't happen, but we'll see. Um, but with that being the case, let's go ahead and talk about some of the news that took place over the weekend and on Monday. And I'm going to start off with this story. You know, Aaron Rodgers continues to be unhappy what's going on with Green Bay, um, especially what happened today. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network reported that the Packers released wide receiver Jake uh, Kumaro, I think that's what how you pronounce his name, but um, he was... Apparently being praised by Aaron Rodgers over the weekend. And then less than 24 hours later, the Packers released him. So I just feel like the Packers just now trolling Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if there was some other report saying that there's a small percentage chance that he's in play for the Packers again, that he could sell out the whole season. Like there's so many rumors coming from every different direction. We have no idea what are, you know, good sources and good um, people to kind of that are close to the situation that will, will, give us the right information, but I don't know what's going on with Green Bay. I have no idea why they decide to to continue to kind of troll him, but Aaron Rodgers seems to be done in Green Bay, and it'll be interesting to see if there's 
uh, any trades happen. I mean, there was no major trades in the draft this past weekend. No major players got dra- or you know, no Julio Jones or Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy Garoppolo. None of those players got um, got traded away. So for me, who knows exactly how this is going to play out when it comes to Aaron Rodgers? If he's actually going to get traded or he's going to finally figure out how to to you know coexist with the GM and the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. But very interesting story still in Green Bay. And then going on to some of the fifth-year options here, um, the Bills exercised Josh Allen's fifth-year option, so he's going to be back for 2022. Obviously, this was a, a given. He's going to get a contract extension, hopefully get something done quickly um, so they don't let him hit free agency. Um, and then Calvin Ridley of the Falcons, they exercised his fifth-year fifth um, option, which obviously that was another you know pretty obvious choice. Um, but the Falcons did not exercise the fifth-year uh, fifth option for Hayden Hurst. Now that they had drafted Kyle Pitts, Hayden Hurst is a guy that, you know, he could get traded or he could, you know, find somewhere, some work somewhere else. But Hayden Hurst is still a decent, you know, tight end. I think that um, at the right opportunity, he can still be a very effective tight end. Um, and then the Seahawks decline running back Rashad Penny's fifth year option. I mean, this is a given. He's been derailed with a lot of injuries, unable to, you know, stay on the field. So could be a good possibility where he could come back this year play well and maybe work himself into a new contract or if not with the Seahawks with somebody else, but he has to stay healthy. That's been his issue since he's been in the NFL. So hopefully uh, that will um, happen for Rashad Penny. And then the, the Lions general manager had spoken briefly about um, their, what their plans were in the draft. So it has regards of Jared Goff. And it said that if there was a quarterback at the number seven position that they had rated higher than the, the offensive tackle they have taken, um, they would have drafted a quarterback. So it makes me think that Jared Goff is not in the Detroit Lions long-term plans. Looks like if they had a chance to upgrade the position they were going to, they did not. So um, Jared Goff at least is safe for this season. But something to think about where Jared Goff may, you know, may be one of those guys where if he doesn't perform, they'll easily replace him and then he'll be left, you know, trying to find work somewhere else. But very interesting comment from the Lions general manager. And then lastly, back to the Seattle Seahawks, it looks like DK Metcalf has been one to uh, get into the Olympics. So um, it looks like he's trying to compete in the USA TF Golden Games at the 100 yard, uh, the 100 meter dash on Sunday. So I guess it's very, very interesting to me when players decide to go off and do other things like not saying he's not going to leave the NFL, but from an injury standpoint, it, it makes me concerned when other players uh, you know, star players decide to go and do something else during the offseason. And there's a lot of players out there that have clauses in their contracts that they're not allowed to play basketball or any other, you know, you know, recreational activities that could, you know, hinder with the injury or whatnot. But um, very interesting. But DK Metcalf, I mean, he's a, he's a, a fast player. And if he can do that, great for him. Um, but it's just something that always concerns me as a, as a front office, you know, personnel in a team that could this possibly cause an injury that could, now go into the season that now DK Metcalf can't be available for the Seahawks. So always a little concerning, but you know, it's good that the Seahawks are allowing him to do that to allow him to be able to, you know, you know, venture out on different things that he's passionate about. But that is all the news for Monday. Um, and then, so now we're going to talk about the wide receiver position on how it started and how it ended, because I feel like this is always a good a series to do based on how players finish based on how you draft them. So, Going to that, I'm going to list the players that were drafted in the top 12. So I always do the, the, you know, what's warranted as a wide receiver one is one through 12 because most leagues play in a 12 team league. Um, so based on Ab's draft position, this is kind of what 
Um, we This is what we saw last year. So obviously last year when it comes to the wide receiver position, Michael Thomas was the number one wide receiver taken off the board last year. Then you had Devontae Adams, Julio Jones at three, Tyreek Hill at four, DeAndre Hopkins at five, Chris Godwin at six. You had Kenny Galladay at seven, Mike Evans at eight. You had Adam Thielen at nine, DJ Moore at 10, Odell Beckham at 11, and then you had Allen Robinson at 12. And so you look at that, and you're like, man, that's that seems pretty crazy, right? Like when I looked at this list, I looked at the couple, couple names, and I looked at Kenny Galladay obviously being drafted as a top 10 wide receiver last year, which I didn't think that was really warranted. Um, and I got some hate for that last year. And then DJ Moore, I never understood the hype over DJ Moore. DJ Moore was the 10th overall wide receiver taken last year. I know he's talented and this is based on PPR. So I know he's talented, but I just never understood why DJ Moore was getting drafted before OBJ, you know, Allen Robinson, all these guys that get more targets and, and, and whatnot. So that was an interesting thing for me to see. Obviously, I mean, Juju was drafted. He was drafted 13th. And then we saw what he did. He didn't do much last year. He had a really bad season. So it's always interesting in hindsight to look at what players were draft where players were drafted at last year compared to what they're at and looking at what they how they finished because you're gonna see I'm going to go ahead and, and tell you who the top twelve were last year based on PPR finishes and drastically different you're gonna see some you hear some of the regular the same names but there's a lot of players that you never expected to be in this list and they were but I still think like. You know, this is going to happen every single season. We're always going to find guys that we draft really high that don't make the cut, who we consider as a wide receiver one, and then and you'll see some where those values come from. But to demonstrate kind of what they how they finished, so Devontae Adams, he was he was the number one wide receiver last year. Uh, he finished with 358.4 PPR points. And then Tyreek Hill was second. Stephon Diggs was three. DeAndre Hopkins was four. Calvin Ridley was five. Justin Jefferson was six. DK Metcalf was seventh. Tyler Lockett was eighth. Allen Robinson was second, or I'm sorry, ninth. And then Adam Thielen was 10th. Mike Evans was 11. And then you had Robert Woods and Keenan Allen both finished the same amount of points and they both were 12. So we got a Baker's dozen here. I added a 13th player because they both finished. There's two players that finished up at the top 12. So um, what's intriguing about this list, right, is that we see. Stephon Diggs, he was the guy that was drafted. He was drafted. Where is he at? Twenty seventh last year. So Stephon Diggs was the twenty seventh wide receiver off the board last year, and he finished in the top five. That's crazy to me because Stephon Diggs seems to not get the love that he deserves, and I think finally, based on what he did in Buffalo. Now, he had 166 targets and 127 receptions. So, like, obviously, he is Josh Allen's go-to guy. And he played all 16 games, which is something that Stephon Diggs hasn't done in a lot of his career. So, the fact that he was there doing that was great. Um, but talk about value, right? You know, drafting Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill, you expect them to finish every year in the top five and kind of where their ADP was. And that's what they did, right? But Stephon Diggs being drafted 27th overall, being the number three wide receiver, that's huge value. Whoever drafted Stefan Diggs last year. And you look at Calvin Ridley, Calvin Ridley was a guy that I felt like was going to be the number one wide receiver for the Falcons. I felt like because of the way Julio Jones is getting up there in age, how he is really hard to maintain his health. I feel like Calvin Ridley finally was going to be that guy that would take over the wide receiver one position. And I feel like he has last year. He was the 14th overall 
um, wide receiver drafted and he finished up in the top five. So that was, that's value there, right? That you, you look at what you got value wise. And that was a perfect, you know, draft day value. This one here is ju- next is Justin Jefferson. You know, Justin Jefferson ch- is finished at the, as the wide receiver six last year in PPR leagues. And this guy was drafted 51st overall. Like this was a guy that I know in my leagues that I'm in, he was drafted, dropped, and then picked up once he started, you know, doing well during the, the, uh, the season. And the, it's crazy to look at what just, Justin Jefferson did as a rookie and be in the position of being in the top five, right? So, um, or a top, top 10. So it's one of those things where we don't see that very often because we have this unfortunate, you know, situation where rookie wide receivers tend to not do as well in the rookie season. There's only maybe one or two that will flash, um, but it's very unheard of to kind of, not really unheard of, but it's really rare for a player that's a rookie to see in the like a wide receiver class that all of them do well. I mean, it was back in like 2014. We had three wide receivers. We had OBJ. He finished as the seventh receiver overall. Then you had Mike Evans at 13 and you had DeAndre Hopkins at 14. So that was the year where we had three wide receivers that are rookies finish as a wide receiver one or high, like fringe wide receiver one. So um, we didn't have that last year. We just had one, Justin Jefferson. But we had CeeDee Lamb. He was doing pretty well last year. But unfortunately, with, then Dak Prescott went out. He was really kind of inconsistent along with Andy Dalton. You look at what happened with Chase Claypool. He had a couple good games, but then down the stretch, he was unreliable. You had um, T. Higgins. T. Higgins was doing pretty well, pretty consistent until Joe Burrow went down. So, like, you know, it's it's one of those things where the situation has to be completely just, you know, favor favorable for that wide receiver. And in Minnesota, he pretty much took the Stephon Diggs, you know, role. He they traded, they got rid of Stephon Diggs. He went to Buffalo. They drafted Justin Jefferson to, to pair up with Adam Thielen, and ended up working out. So I think this was a a good value pick. I think DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett finishing back to back is pretty you know interesting to me. Um, I felt like DK Metcalf was going to be the guy who's going to be the the number one wide receiver. And based on this, I mean, the targets were pretty, pretty similar. You got, you got DK Metcalf with 129 targets. Tyler Lockett had 132. Um, the difference was that Tyler Lockett had 100 receptions and to DK, DK Metcalf's 83. They both had 10 touchdowns. It's just DK Metcalf had, you know, about 250 more yards in him. So um, interesting to see teammates back to back on this list. And then Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson still continues to get hit. He had 151 targets last year. He definitely was a guy that has not played with a good quarterback his whole career. He had to deal with Blake Bortles. Then he had Mitchell Trubisky. Then he had Nick Foles. Hopefully with Justin Fields, this changes the way Allen Robinson is viewed. Hopefully that they'll get some chemistry there where they can be uh, a good one-two tandem. But Allen Robinson continues to be a top 10 or a top you know 12 wide receiver just because the volume is there. And then Adam Thielen, you know, he's you know, he's pretty consistent. Um you know, over the last few years, you know, if he's not injured, he's pretty good on the numbers that he, he put he puts up. Um, and Mike Evans, you know, Chris Godwin was head was drafted ahead of Mike Evans last year, but then Mike Evans, the one who had finished the season, played all sixteen games. Chris Godwin was hurt; he broke his finger. He was unable to finish the, you know, with sixteen games. But um, Mike Evans was the guy that helped you win a championship. If you had Mike Evans, he wasn't very good throughout the whole entire season, but during that time. He could have won your, you know, your fantasy league based on the, the weeks that he had in the fantasy playoffs. Um, and then Robert Woods and Keenan Allen, they both finished in the top 12 of the same PPR points. And Robert Woods, this is a guy that I know he's good. I know that he's uh, a, you know, a high volume guy. He gets, you know, he had 129 targets last year, but 
He's a guy that I just he's he's not a sexy name, but he's a he is a contributor. He's a guy that's not going to, you know, he's going to be consistent for you. He's not going to lose you a week, but he's not going to win you a week type of situation. Um, but now that he's has Matthew Stafford, there could be a chance that, my, you know, Robert Woods has a better year than this year. But um, same with Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, unfortunately, has not. Uh, he only played 14 games last year. So he was dealing with a lot of injuries. He was unstoppable for weeks at a time. But then injuries derailed his season. So he was unable to to, you know, he would have been higher on this list if he was able to play two more games. But Keenan Allen continues to be another guy who gets just overlooked. He's just a guy that he's very talented. And he's maybe because he plays for the Chargers that he just doesn't get a lot of love. Maybe the reason why Stephon Diggs didn't get a lot of love in Buffalo because he was going to a, they say, inconsistent throw in Josh Allen. But uh, they both finished very well in fantasy, both Josh Allen and, and Stephon Diggs. So uh, very... Very interesting when you compare what the ADP was compared to who finished in the top 12. You know, and based on that, you know, based on the consistency, like I always do this with all the episodes is that you look at how these wide receivers finish, like how many times, how how consistent were they? And based on the list that finished in the top 12, like this is how many times these wide receivers finished as a wide receiver one through the season. And you look at Devontae Adams, he had eight weeks that he was wide receiver one. He only played 14 games. So he could have had more if he had played a full season. Yeah, Tyreek Hill with seven. Obviously, his biggest game came against Tampa Bay. And then Stephon Diggs, he had five games, where he was five weeks where he was a wide receiver one. He had a massive end of the season, which helped his stats. DeAndre Hopkins, this was an interesting one to me. DeAndre Hopkins was, he had eight weeks that he was a wide receiver one. But I feel like there wasn't any weeks I felt like he won you a, a week. I felt like he's he had he was he's been consistent, but it just seems like he didn't have that DeAndre Hopkins type season where he took over games. Um, but he was he was consistent pretty much the whole entire season. Then you had Calvin Ridley that had you know six weeks where he was a wide receiver one, but there were weeks out there where he got goose egged, right? That he didn't have any catches, and that that happens. But you know he you know he was a guy who had six weeks there. Then you had Justin Jefferson had five weeks as a wide receiver one. Uh, DK Metcalf had five. Tyler Lock had four. Uh, Allen Robinson had five. Adam Thielen had seven. Another guy I looked at where he had seven weeks as a wide receiver one, but never felt like he did anything that won you a week. And that was just my own perspective. I could be missing something here, but Adam Thielen was four of the of the thirteen guys listed that had more than se- you know seven or more weeks as a wide receiver one. Um, then Mike Evans had four. Robert Woods had four, and then Keenan Allen had five. And based on you know the top five wide receivers, I just felt like. I just don't, I just don't, if you own these players, if you, if there's somebody that owns some of these players, leave a comment below on the YouTube channel. If this is something that I may be missing, but maybe, uh, I know that obviously if you had Devonta Adams, he had monster games, Tyreek Hill had monster games, Stephon Diggs. I don't remember about DeAndre Hopkins. Calvin Ridley definitely still, you know, t- took a step forward in the right direction with, with his, his fancy, um, status, but Justin Jefferson is going to be another guy that's going to be interesting you know, player going forward for this year because he's a guy that that just flourished as a rookie and hopefully he can build off his rookie season and be one of those top wide receivers again this year. And and that's the thing that we we see from rookie wide receivers is that we don't see rookie wide receivers tend to do much in the NFL their first year. And we had this we had this debate on my group chat with my my main fantasy league is that a guy posed the question of what receiver or what player do you think he listed Trevor Lawrence? Like what rookie is going to be fancy relevant this year? He listed Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, 
um, Justin Fields, Najee Harris, Jamar, uh, Jamar Chase, and then he, and Kyle Pitts. And honestly, like when someone had answered the question saying he, he thinks Jamar Chase will be the guy who's going to be mostly the f- most fancy relevant player this year from a rookie standpoint. And I tend to agree with that. I know Chase had, he, he was sitting out last year because of COVID, but if you look at the talent that he is, you look at what, um, and he said that he, he thinks that Jamar Chase will feast, like quote unquote feast this year. And I feel like defined feast, because when we look at the, the track record of rookie wide receivers, we don't tend to see a lot of productive wide receivers because it's just not there. I mean, we had one year, Michael Thomas was the only rookie that did. He was a wide receiver seven. He's the only guy that that year of the, the rookie wide receivers that did anything. Then you had Juju when he was a rookie. He was the, I think the overall PPR leagues, he was a wide receiver 23. So like he was the only rookie that really did anything that one year. And then you had AJ Brown. He was like, I believe the 21st wide receiver, like rookie wide receiver that overall finished. So we don't see it a lot. So, you know, if if we see Justin Jefferson as a rookie and we compare him what what Jamar Chase can be, he, there's opportunity there, right? Because the Cincinnati Bengals have what 195 targets vacant for this year, and so that has to be spread against you know J- Jamar Chase. There's you know there's T Higgins and there's going to be um, Tyler Boyd. So then you add, also have to add Joe Mixon to play in, in the play because he's a you know he's a pass catching running back. So I do think like. The topic of of what rookie could do well, I believe, you know, in, in Jamar Chase because of the opportunity. I also think about Najee Harris, too, because he's going to a team that is known to be very fantasy friendly for running backs. And he is a bell cow running back. He's a he's a three down back. He won't have to be taken off the field because of the position he plays and the skills that he has. So uh, very interesting topic. So if you guys have a player that you think will do well in um, fancy who's a rookie that you believe that could be that under the radar guy leave a comment and let me know but just very interesting to kind of see exactly a rookie in the top you know in the top 10 almost in the top five because we don't see that very often which is is a very rare thing so if you're a guy who is in a redraft league and thinks that drafting a, a rookie wide receiver is going to be um you know something that's going to save your roster it might be it may be a problem because you don't see it very often but um that's that's pretty much everything about, you know, on today's episode about, you know, what I wanted to talk about with the wide receiver position. I felt like, you know, there's always going to be guys every year. There's going to be parity in the league every single year, right? You're going to see guys that um, are drafted super high that don't finish in the top 12 at all. I mean, Michael Thomas was the number one wide receiver taken. He didn't even finish because he, he didn't play this year because he was injured all the time. So that's what I'm saying is that you see guys that, and Kenny Galladay is another player. You know, you just don't see these players um, that get drafted high maintain that status i mean you got michael thomas you know julio jones chris godwin kenny galladay dj moore obj juju all these guys finished outside the top 12 and that just happened so um it's just something always to kind of look at and and really see the consistency of these players throughout the seasons that they played like how often they do they finish as a wide receiver one and then generally kind of gravitate towards that and you're always going to have players that are going to to break out um every year but Sometimes it's a hit and miss. So, but that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and if you have any questions, please shoot me an email at chip at gridironfantasyfootball.com. Or if you want to send me a, a direct message on Instagram, you can find us there at gridironfantasyfootball. Or we're on Twitter and Facebook at the Gridiron Pod. So uh, next week I'll talk about the tight end position and how it started, how it ended with the tight end position. But like I said, I hope that you're, you know, during the draft weekend that you guys got your teams that you root for 
you got some great players that you're, you're excited about. But um, until then, we'll see you next week and take care.